We've talked to Gary Pinkle over the years, former Missouri football coach. And in retirement, he's been, well, like a lot of these coaches, he's a lot more fun in retirement. Uh, pressure's down, clearly. But this is the first time we talked to him as a Hall of Famer. Got the news. He's going into the college football Hall of Fame. And right out of the gate, the story that I really like is the news is delivered, well, first of all, through the mail, which is perfect for an old school coach. But it shows up at his house, and it's just sitting on his front steps. And he and his wife saw it, saw a box, and then forgot about it. And it was just sitting there. I mean, how many of us now have a Amazon box show up every 32 seconds? And he had this box on his front step, sort of forgot about it. He said he had some groceries or something. And then the next day opens it to find out it's an invite or announcing the news that he's going into the College Football Hall of Fame. I just love that story that the box was just sitting out there for a full day before he even looked inside uh, to see what it was. But 15 years at Missouri, still their all-time winningest football coach. Same deal at Toledo, all-time winningest coach. I'm pretty sure Steve Spurrier is the only other college coach with that on the resume. Spurrier did it at Florida and then at South Carolina. But Gary Pinkle came to Mizzou 2000. We revisit the story. You know, he's, he's having success at Toledo. And yes, it's not a Power 5 school. But you can make some decent money, keep winning games. Or you wait for the perfect offer. And when Missouri came calling, some of his coaching buddies said, don't take that job. They, they just never go to bowl games. Don't take that job. And one of the people telling him that was Nick Saban, who was his college teammate. They famously were graduate assistants together. Uh, he also, I don't know how we stumbled into it in this interview, but he mentioned how Saban was talking about going back into the family business, selling cars, because I guess Saban's dad had a car dealership. I'd never heard that before. I guess it's been written. I just didn't know that, that Saban thought about getting out of coaching. He and Gary Pinkler sitting at the library at Kent State supervising the freshman football players, and Saban's talking about getting out. Unbelievable. So this visit with Gary Pinkle is about the College Football Hall of Fame news, looking back at the Mizzou moments, and a very honest answer when we talked about if there was one thing he would change about the career. Hope you'll enjoy the visit. He has uh, been with us a lot over the years, and as I mentioned at the outset, uh, just just great to deal with. He's staying involved with his GP Made Foundation, helping kids uh, at many different levels. GP Made, if you have time to check out the work they do. Check them out online. We are presented, as always, by Triad Bank, longtime sponsor of all of our segments going back a few years now when we debuted with Tony Talk. We did Pucks with Bernie Federko and Darren Pang, hanging with Big Walt. We're overdue for a visit with Big Walt. But Triad Bank has been with us from the beginning, based in St. Louis since 2005. Five-star rated bank, home loan, car loan, business loan. If you're a business owner here in St. Louis, make sure you talk to my friends at Triad Bank. They're located on Clayton Road in Frontenac and on the web at triadbanking.com. Appliance discounters, it's real simple. The story's been told many times. You want an appliance, you want it quickly, they can get it to you. My producer at Fox 2, Dave Job, told me the story. They could not get the washer-dryer they wanted. We're told months and months they went to appliance discounters and got it delivered. Then They almost weren't ready for it. The next day, TheAppliancedisCounters.com is the website. Go to that search engine. Type in General Electric, GE. Check out their great merchandise and also the GE rebates that are available. You're going to save money. You're going to be happy. Appliance discounters, their savings are your savings.
B and G tuck pointing the best in the bricks. That's true because they will take that chimney home garage that's made out of brick and make it look new again with expert tuck pointing. BG tuckpointing.com 363-0525 for a free estimate. Hopefully you've seen the new commercial during Blues games with Braden Shen. He's spreading the news about B&G. BG tuckpointing.com waterproofing, foundation repair, and of course, first class tuck pointing. Marie DeVilla Senior Living, they are at Clayton and Wideman Road. You can take a virtual tour. Maybe it's for your parents, aunt or uncle, somebody who's looking for senior living. Check out the villas, the assisted living. MarieDevilla.com is where you can take that virtual tour. And our friends at Nordic Mountain, they are located in Wild Rose, Wisconsin. A ski trip for the family that's not a half day's trip like it takes to go to Colorado and load up for 12, 13 hours. How about six hours? A little bit beyond Milwaukee, a little bit beyond Madison. Always have snow on the ground because it's, it's Wisconsin. They've got snow on the ground. But tubing, snowboarding, great place for the kids to learn and also for mom and dad to get out and ski. Beautiful spot. They're on the web at NordicMountain.com. Here's our visit with Gary Pinkle, former Mizzou coach who is now a Hall of Famer. Well, Gary, if you would, just start us out with how you found out. I think I heard it was through the mail, and I did tell somebody, I said, this is perfect because Coach – Coach Pinkle is old school, and I said he he shouldn't be getting an Instagram to find out. He should be getting it in the mail. Tell us about that. Well, it's it's interesting because I you know uh, you know I knew I was up I was a nominee for this. I mean a couple of years ago, but you know it's, it's just so hard to get in numbers wise. It's just so hard to get in, and so I didn't know if I ever would. But anyway, last not this past Wednesday, a couple of days ago, but this Wednesday before, I my wife and I go out to dinner, and we're getting. We get, we pull up in the driveway and there's a box out right in front of our front door. So I get out and we also run grocery shop. So we're getting the groceries in, we're running around. We forgot to get the box. So I didn't think about it the next morning. I went to work out and I came back and still sitting there. So I picked up, took it in, took it up, put it on the, uh, put it on the table. And my wife, Missy says, well, I'm gonna go take a shower. I said, okay, honey, I'll, I'm going to see. And, and I opened it up and you, you said, well, you know, it was about the size of a football, but I've got people have sent me footballs before that I sign and I send them back. So I just kind of thought that's what it was. So football is laying in here. There's an envelope on top of it. So I couldn't really see anything on the football. And then there's a card on top of it, which I'm going to frame someday. And this is what the card said. It said of the, of the 5.54 million who have played and coached college football since 1869, only 1,038 players and only 20, 200 or 20, 223, excuse me, coaches have been inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Welcome to the club. And I just, I just start crying. I mean, I was, I was emotional. I mean, I was, I never thought it was going to happen. You know, it's like the greatest honor you can get as a coach to go in the Hall of Fame. And it was just um, absolutely. Um, so what I did was I, I didn't believe it. I thought for a moment, it's one of my players, one of my coaches did this, or my buddies did this. I'm going to blow their car up. I'm going to do something. So what I did was I ended up going to, um, uh, I ended up going into the shower area and I was still, I was still crying and I looked at my wife and she's, and she starts, she's kind of semi, what's wrong? What's wrong? I thought something bad had happened. And I said, read this, read this. Tell me what this, tell me what this is. So I gave her the card to read. You know, she was kind of right outside the shower looking at it. And then she, she screams 
And uh, it was just a moment I'll never, I'll never, ever forget. And I find out that this is how they've been doing it for years and years for any, anybody that, uh, that, that, that were a part of the, uh, the end. You have to be honest. When you saw the box, did you think, oh, my wife got something from Amazon? It's a pair of shoes. We're like, it's, <laughs> it's sat there for, can you believe it? You had this biggest honor and it actually sat there for an extra day. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, I, I would expect, though, that if someone ripped me off and looked at it and they looked at it, they'd have to re-deliver it the next week before, or the next day for me. <laughs> so, and I'm very, very, very honored. But we all know this isn't about Gary Pinkle. Uh, this is the, the stories about a lot of people, a lot of coaches, athletic directors, um, people, people administratively, people that help help my players get stronger, faster, quicker academically, the medical staff. I mean, I can go on and on and on with all the people uh, that are a big part of this. And I, and I, and I just I, I applaud them and thank them for there's a reason why we're here. We want it at a really high level, but at the end of the day, we always do the right things for people. Have you heard from a ton of folks? That's usually what happens after a big award is the, even maybe people you haven't or players you haven't heard from in years. I, I got bombed. I mean, it, uh, it was, it was, in fact, I got to probably got to take me another three or four days to get back to everybody. Uh, but uh, from players, from coaches, uh, a lot of different, a lot of, I mean, it just, it just, and the play, all these players are saying all these remarkable, nice things about me. And I'm th- I said, why, why don't you say those things when you're playing for <laughs> You save it for this award. But I, this, I, I have to tell you this too, is every time I, every, every time that um, I see one of my players or call one of talk to one of my players or text one of my players, or they're, they're getting a hold of me one way or the other. Every time before I say before I done whether I text it, email it, or or say it to in person, I said I, I said I, I want you, Tom. I want to make sure that you know that I thank you for everything you did for me and you did for Missouri. I do that every single time. If there are six players, I'll do it with every as they shake their hands if we're at a football game or something. And because this is a lot bigger than just me, but uh, I you know I, my mentor Don James obviously was has a big to do with this, and I've just been. Always been surrounded by good people my whole life, and very fortunate. If I did my math correct, you coached in 304 games. Do you remember game one at Toledo? Was well, I think of Gary Pinkle as being very confident in charge? Game one, were you a, a mess, or were you you were confident in day one? I was confident in what I was doing. We would win. I remember at the press conference at at at, at uh, Missouri. And this guy, one of the reporters asked me, why do you think, you know, nobody's done this for the last 18 years can win. Why do you, or very few have, why do you think you can do that? And pretty much the answer to that is the program that I'm going to put in, we're not going to, I'm not going to go in and get my staff, get a staff, get them all together and say, okay, how do you want to lift weights? How do you want, what do you want to do in the player development program? What do you want to do in the academic center? What do you want to do for offense, defense? You know, I'm telling them what we're going to do. This is our program. This is methodically who we are and what we do. Now we're always going to make ourselves better. We don't always sit back and say, we got all the answers, but I felt very confident of that program. And I then and to, to I, I think I should mention this in St. Louis in Kansas city, when we first started recruiting, there's some people wouldn't even let me in the school because they had bad experiences at the university of Missouri. And I'd go in the homes and the parents are looking at me saying, well, well, coach people have been saying that for the last 20 years and nothing's happened. 
And then I started this real quick story. I'll be real quick with it. So I, I, I said, well, I'm going to tell you why this is going to work. So I'm sitting at home with, with Tom, the recruit, mom and dad, maybe the high school coach and myself and the position coach. I said, I'm going to tell you why it's going to win. Okay. So uh, at Kent State University, uh, a guy named Don James comes in there and a guy named Jack Lambert's on that team. He's in the Hall of Fame. A guy named Nick Saban, who might get in the Hall of Fame. We don't know if Nick will get in. I like, like his chances. <laughs> yeah, I like his chances. Um, and, and so – we end up winning the first championship in the history of school. We go to the Tangerine Bowl. Okay. Don James picks this program up that worked at Kent State, dropped it in Seattle, Washington. He's in, he's in the Hall of Fame. He won a national championship, I think, in 90, 91. And I, when I was there working for him for 12 years, uh, eight, eight of those years as offense coordinator, um, we, we went to nine bowls and 10, 11 bowls in 12 years, three Rose Bowls. And so this, 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 that's worked in, in, and this is real important to know. It's worked at Kent State. You drop it in the University of Washington, and it's worked at this level. And what I did is I pulled that same thing that Kent State worked at Washington. I dropped it in Toledo, Ohio. And guess what? We won. We went undefeated one year. You know, we won several divisional championships. We had a lot of success. So what I'm telling you, looking at the family now, what I'm telling you is it worked at Kent State, it worked at Washington, it worked at Toledo, and it's going to work at Missouri, I guarantee you. And when I went through that approach over and over again, I did that actually with some coaches in town too, just so that I want to tell them, I'm not, we're not coming in here, well, we're going to try this out, try that out. We had a plan in place and, and we executed the plan. That's what we did. And although we always evaluated to make ourselves better, that was huge for us, especially in, I used it out of state too, but especially in state. Um, you know, because that's, I think, it's, obviously, we got to do great. You know, about the thing about University of Missouri, you got St. Louis, Kansas City, these major cities here, and you can win at a high level. Why haven't they been doing it? Okay, I don't know, but I know this is our plan. Was it Saban who told you not to take the Mizzou job? Didn't yeah, you? that's one of one of many people. So, one of many? Well, how come you didn't listen to him? Well, you well got- we, just, we just went 10 and one, beat Purdue. By the way, our, I think they were 11 and one the next year when the championship. Uh, Tom Amstutz did a good job. And then the next year they did good. We had a great team coming back. But I've been there for 10 years. Um, I, I, you know, I, Mike Alden, I, I, he knew about me because he was at Arizona state when I was coaching at Washington. So my name, and he, I think he had a great respect for Don James, all the stuff he had heard about it. And when I interviewed with Mike, I just really, uh, we just got, there was something clicked with it. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, that's the reason why I did it. If he wouldn't have been here, I probably wouldn't have done it. I, I just, I had a gut, my gut feeling served me pretty well over the years. And, and I told Mike that too. I said, there's going to be a time when, you know, people are going to say, you know, what the heck's he doing here? And I'm going to need you to stand up for me. And that that played out like three or four months. Losing, losing, winning. Here we go. Losing. Then all of a sudden people are, you know, gosh, can they win? They got a max staff and all those other things. And that's when I asked Mike. And he did that for sure. I didn't have to ask him. But he stood up right next to me and said, we're going to win and feel comfortable. And then we took off. It was after 2004, right? Was that the lowest point where you had gotten it going? And then 2004 was the step back? Yes, you question it all. I know you believe in the process, but it's part of you that says, oh, my God, I thought we had this thing up and running. No, no, I didn't question it at all. We're close. We're sticking with it. I never did. I, that, that's our program. And I, I'm going to be redundant here but because it's very important to know any business or anybody. You, know, you evaluate yourself. This is who you are. But you're always trying to do little things to make yourself better. And so we always evaluate it to make ourselves better. And uh, But at the end of the day, um, our program's our program, and you know Nick Saban uses probably a good deal, good deal of it himself, and he's doing pretty good. And 
you're very loyal to your staff, always were. You know, you look at it's funny at the NFL, the teams that don't win, they fire coaches every two years. They're always starting over. Did you ever have to fight to keep your staff in place? Was or is that something they gave you autonomy over? No, I, I had I, I had, did not have any issues with that. My my staff, I lost very few coaches as a head coach. I wanted them at all professional advance like I did. I wanted them for coordinator jobs or you know eventually become head job. Dave Christian became a head coaching job. You know, we, so we we that I really wanted that. Um, I think you know, I think it had a lot to do with I think again me running a program that is you know um, it's structured but it's open. It's a program that, that there's a plan for everything, a system's in place, your academic system. This is, you know, how, what, what are you going to do with class attendance? What are you going to do with tutoring? What do, I mean, all in all, you're going to do. And every, all these systems. And who, you let, move a coach, bring somebody else in, it, it goes. I'm going to say this, too. You look at Nick Saban, who runs a similar program to this. He loses four or five coaches a year. And guess what? When you come in there, that you're, you're the wide receiver, so you had it open. You you fill in that slot for that guy. You're not going to you're going to be your personality, but you're going to you know you're going to do what Nick Saban says assistants do. This is how you teach. This is how you coach. This is you know within your personality, and uh, our, I, I believe so strongly in our system, and 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 that's you know Don James and our background with him. I mean, did you think you were going to be a coach when you were a kid? Were you watching Woody Hayes at Ohio State games or Vince Lombardi in the Packers? Did you did you say at an early age, yeah, I think I'll do that? No, not at all. I I, I, I like football so I can catch a football. But for some reason, I was that's one thing I could do. I probably couldn't do anything much much more. But um, that's that's really what what I, what it was about for me. But when I got older, I remember Nick and I, you know, when I, I go to Kent State University, he's there. He's a year older than me. Um, and he then we're both graduate assistants at the same time. And, uh, you know, you know, Nick and I, I remember being in the library there and we were watching the freshmen. That was one of our responsibilities. And like on Tuesday night as two graduate assistants were as, in a study table and we're looking and we're talking about coaching. He goes, I, you know, I, I, I my dad really wants me to, you know, get to get in the car business. Like he had did back, back home. And I think I'm, you know, consider doing that, but, you know, Coach James kind of talked him into, you know, Coach James found something special about it. Coach James talked him in to, to stay one semester with him. That's all he asked for, one semester. Isn't that an interesting? Or I don't think he'd ever done it. But us talking, we looked at each other, you know, and I, my background, you know, um, shoot, I said, uh, I, I just thought the idea of coaching, I want to be an administrator. I want to work with kids because I always want to do that. But I would want to be more of an administrator, an administration at a high school or something like that. So Nick Saban could have left to sell cars. <laughs> that's what he was thinking. Yeah, that, that's his story. His dad had a car dealership. And he, one thing he told his dad was, you know, you know, when he went there, that when he's done, he's going to come back. And he wanted to you know, build another car dealership or what have you. I'm not sure to the extent of, you know, how elite it was or anything like that. And, and, and you know, Coach James saw something about him. And I saw it, too. Uh, you know, saw something about him. He asked, he asked him, why don't, you, why don't you give coaching a try? Why don't you try it? And, you know, Nick had talked to his dad and, you know, this is all documented. And, uh, you know, and, and I remember us sitting there and I was like, oh, give it a try. Let's give it a try. And so it's kind of interesting, <laughs> you know, I, and I had a pretty good career and he will go down as the greatest college football coach in the history of the game. Yeah, oh, I think there's no doubt. And yet it's, un it's unbelievable because they lose a title game. And everybody's like, oh, no, they didn't get it done this year. And I'm like, oh, my God, like the ball is so flipping high. It's crazy. Oh, no, his, it's amazing what he's done. He, like, handled it pretty well. I think he, you know, he gets knocked a lot for being, 
you know, short with the media or not much fun. I think he's been more fun in recent years. I mean, when you've won that much, how can you not have fun? He, you know, he is, he is more fun. I think, I think, I don't have a question about that. I think he, you know, and that's relative to Nick Saban though, too, you know, what the definition of fun. So um, yeah, I think, I don't think, I mean, he used to, used to see him on, on sideline, get, you know, get cranked up a, a, more than he does now. And, uh, you know, he handled that really well with his players afterwards. Those players, how proud he was. And, you know, we just came up short and learn from it and move on. But uh, he will go down. And he talks about Coach James all the time. And he talks about his influence. And, uh, you know, I had an influence. Uh, you know, I, Kenmore High School is awful in Akron, Ohio. And my sophomore year, this guy named Dick Fortner comes in from Stowe, a suburb. And all of a sudden, we win the first championship in the history of the school. Why does this stuff happen to me? And then all of a sudden I go to Kent State and this guy named Don James comes in. So maybe I was, maybe the good Lord kind of had the direction of me going in the coaching profession. And were you a visor guy early on? Where even if I dusted off video from uh, Seattle, were you wearing the visor then? Was that always your- I, I wasn't wearing any hats and the stuff it was pouring down rain, which happened a lot in Seattle. So, I mean, it was, it was, uh, you know, I did, I did that when I got here just because actually what I, the reason I wore it is because it, the uh, headset could fit on my head better for whatever reason. So, And they talk about a statue now for Gary Pinkle, your, your former players, a lot of Mizzou fans. What would that mean? And I'm sure you've heard people talk about it. That's kind of so far away from me. I mean, I don't, uh, this honor, you know, that I have right now, I mean, this is the, I'm being redundant a little bit here. This is the highest level honor you can get in our profession to get in that hall of fame. I mean, that's, you're, you're the elite of the elite. And the numbers I read earlier, that's why it's so hard to get in. If that happens someday or the other, that's fine. But it, I still get back to all, my, all the people around me. This is, a, this is an award for everybody, man. Our, it was in our building. Everybody that worked to help. And this award for all my players, whether you're a starter or whether you're an All-American played in the NFL. It didn't matter. This is, this is you were all a part of something very special. And people recognize it. And so we're all going in. In, in December, I think it's December 6th, um, and, and that where, where it actually happens uh, in, in um, Las Vegas. So um, anyway, I, I'm just so, you know, it's been, it's been it, it took me about three days to really settle down, you know, and, and I've, I've got so many texts and emails and phone calls. That's going to probably take me another three weeks to, to get it back. But uh, I'm, I'm just, um, just really, really uh, honored. You know, you talk about influences. Now you've got guys like Will Franklin, Jeremy Macklin, coaching. Both are back at their alma maters, in fact, which makes it even more cool. Uh, how much fun is that for you to see your former players now in the coaching game? Well, I think it's awesome. And there's some of be there was just a lot of guys that did, and that's very unusual. I mean, a lot of guys did. And I and I really don't think maybe, maybe, you know, they saw the influence in our, not necessarily me, in our program. That helped them, and 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 you know, you know, then and when you win, you, when you win, there's a bond you have forever, you know, and that's like all these guys had you know certain championships that they won and bowl championships, and I think uh, you know everybody's you know we we there, there's there's always a great bond, and I and I, I hear from those guys sometimes. I send them some things sometimes, and they want information, and I do that, and uh, and I'm certainly you know it's, it's pretty awesome uh, that they're a part of it. I would think among the things you accomplished at Mizzou, ushering in SEC football, and after a tough first year, because you heard it, I'm sure, oh, Mizzou, get ready for the real deal. It's the SEC. 
and then 2012 is not your best year to bounce back those next two and to get to the championship game. What, what level, even though you've been doing it a long time, you've been winning at Mizzou, what level of satisfaction was there? Because you know there are snobs, SEC snobs. And- no, no, they're not out there, are they? <laughs> what level of satisfaction was there? Like, hey, listen, you know, and, and even just for the whole school and kind of the state, like, hey, hey, damn it, you know, we do belong. Well, in fact, who knows told me this, but some people, somebody told me the reason that we probably got in at the very end, the reason we got in, he said we did really well in the Big 12. And then we go in the SEC and they go, there's the SEC, the mountains way up here. And the first year we struggled a little bit. We were one, one away from having a winning season. And, um, and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we, we win the cotton bowl or fifth in the nation next year, we're 17th in the nation. You know, uh, we were, we were in the championship game, both one of which would have been in the national championship game. And I think the respect factor for our program that what we were doing at Mizzou was very significant there here. They did a good job in the big 12, but guess what? You know, well, people talk you're in the sec now. So we'll, we'll, we'll find out how good you really are. And bam, we did that. And I think probably I've been told that's probably at the end of the day, why our program and at the university of Missouri, it, it made that, it made the, the jump to, you know, so I'm in the position I'm in right now. Well, and you, you branded too. Like you, you were saying the zoo, the zoo. And everybody's like, what the hell is he talking about? Like calling it the zoo. You know, I can picture you coming out of the tunnel. They're playing painted black by the Rolling Stones. It, and Mizzou made, I mean, it, you really, I mean, a lot of it is you're coaching, it's X's and O's, but you're also kind of, aren't you always like selling and like branding and like kind of creating a vibe, right? Isn't that a big part of it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, the Mizzou made thing. I remember all my recruits who come in my office on their official visit and say, you know, this is the, you know, everybody treats everybody so well around here. This is like a family, a family atmosphere. They, they would, recruits would tell me that. I didn't say anything about it at all. And I think that, vi- that that's kind of what it, it was around there, you know, and, and, you know, that, that 10 year period of time when we were winning at a very high level. Um, and uh, I'll tell you, this is also, and I don't say this enough too, and I should, and I, and I, um, I got to really thank our fans, you know, because they, 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 when we first started, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't have come to games probably either way we were playing when we first started. But at the end of the day, when we started ticking, we, we started our, our stadium, you know, I can name a bunch of games that we played that our fans were differences in that game, those games. And, uh, and so I, I, you know, this is not only for me and my players, my coaches and all the, all those people I'm talking about this also on board of this, is is the why we're getting this award is because of our fan base and how awesome it was and how you know the certainly the potential there is is for greatness as we go would you change anything about the career i mean you talk about all the influences you've had and all these big moments big games is there any not regrets that's always i think that word is overstated but anything you would change well i I, my big thing is i didn't you know we had five divisional championships in 2010 you know, we beat Oklahoma number one, and then and then we end up, you know, awful the next two weeks, and we came out of it. But um, I wish I would have won one of those championships, got in the championship game, or two of the times if we win, we're going to be in a national championship. So I mean, you're knocking at the door, but I never, I never, I couldn't get the door open. So uh, is it a regret? Yeah, it's a regret. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I wish I would have done it. Um, but you know, we were very close to doing it and it's very hard to get in that game, have the ability to do it. It's very difficult to become that number 
you know, when there's so many numbers out there that want to be in that spot. What's it like now going back, you go to Furrow Field, you can actually go to a tailgate and hang out before a game and see people. And you probably think, boy, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have been so excited to see me coming. It's got to, not, not a victory lap, but it's got to be great fun for you when you're back in that building. I'm there for, for the first home game. So I'm with Bogdan Susan, a friend of mine, and uh, uh, Richard Miller, and I'm at their tailgate. And everybody's drinking and having a blast. And I told, and I'm, honestly, I'm, and I was like this, because that's the first game I, home, they had a away game in West Virginia. That I mean, it took me like three years not to wake up that we're going to play with my intensity level. But all these guys, everybody's having a blast. My kids are there having a blast. And I, and I, 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 I kind, of, kind of had fun here. I said, I said, oh, time out, time out, time out. And they're looking at me. I said, my, my ass is, excuse my French, is on that field on the line. I'm, I mean, my life was on the line out there. And you guys, all my friends and family are up here partying. I said, that doesn't make any sense. And, you know, so there, we got a big kick out of that, you know, at the end of the day. But I didn't, I ne- I'd never been to a tailgate in my life. Not one time in my entire life. And so I said, you know, it's uh, now I'm one of those that have a drink or two occasionally. And uh, I, 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 I smile a little bit. It's hilarious because Dan Deardorff, you know, after the NFL, he got into broadcasting. See, he was always on the road with the NFL. And then he takes the Michigan radio job a few years back. And he said, Martin, I was on a college campus for the first time in 50 years or 45, whatever it was. He said, <laughs> I was always out of town on Saturday because of the NFL. And he said, I forgot how you people get to live. The rest of us, like it is, it's, it's a whole other world, isn't it? But I mean, fans are probably nice to you and, and you probably, I mean, it's, it's gotta be great fun just to sit and tell some stories or they're like, Hey coach, I went to the Alamo bowl or I was at Arrowhead that one day. You get a lot of that. I bet. I do. And it, you know, there's a lot of players that played and the people that were there and it was uh, yeah, it's just, it's just really, you know, to get recognition for, for our successes and, you know, um, means an awful lot to me. Um, and again, I'm, I mean, becoming, you know, going in that, the hall of fame is, uh, kind of beyond my wildest, uh, imagination. And I'm all, everybody's on my back. All the people we've talked about, they're on my back with me as we go through this. And, and I, and I thank them. And, and you seem to have a good rapport with coach drink as well. And he's kind of yeah. going through it now. There's that honeymoon. Everyone's excited. And then it kind of levels off a little bit. He's kind of, he might need a little pep talk now, although they got the recruits coming. But, man, it's tough because people are excited and it turns quickly. You know what's changed? You know, there's a lot of things in football has changed with the NIL and the uh, and different things. And But um, everybody's making so much money now. Fans don't want to hear about your problems. We don't hear about your problems. You know, you're, you're, you're making, you know, you're, your coordinators are making over a million dollars. You're making whatever the dollars are. And I'm not, I know none of the exact numbers, but the point is, I think all over the country, I've kind of read an article about this the other day, all over the country, everybody's a little bit more impatient. You know, you make that kind of money. Well, if you can't get it done, we don't want to hear about your problems. You know, we don't want to hear about them. And so I think those kind of things are happening. They're a little bit about that. But we, we've done a great job with extending and, and you know, Mike all did a great job with facilities. The South End Zone was the last one that, that, that you know, that we got and got it started. And that was one of my goals to get that done. And they, they, the university did a great job of getting that done. Now we're going to do an indoor facility and we got to do these things in this league. There's not a vote, you know, you know, there's not, well, let's do it two, three years from now. No, we didn't now. So I think we're doing all a lot of the right things. And uh, now it's just, you know, building this program, getting the players in and, and doing a lot of things. The portal thing, which I a moment ago, I was going to say, mentioned the portal is different. 
the portal is, I, I, you know, I'm going to say this, you know, one of the great things about sport, you know, I don't care whether it's men's sport, women's, I don't care what the sport is, you know, sometimes you get knocked down and you get back up and you got to dust yourself off and you got to get back in there and get after and go. And that's a great life lesson that that you're going to use the rest of your life. And now you get knocked down. And if you don't feel good about it, you might go, I'm going to go into portal. I'm out of here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deal with stuff. And I just think there's, I think the portal, I think you should be two years at a, at, a, at a university and you have three years if you go somewhere else after two, that gives you a five-year period of time to get your degree. That's what I would do because I just think, and for fan bases too, that have really good young players and all of a sudden they take off or, you know, players that are taken off, um, you know, right away, uh, you know, you, you lose these, you know, these, these, these players that you enjoyed watching. So. I don't know if they're ever going to change it, but I think that's something that, that we're going to have to do. And then the portal, I mean, and the, the, the NIL thing is, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't, I mean, it's beyond crazy and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, the law is the law and it's, it's and that should, that's for sure, without question. But at the end of the day, you know, how can you get that done? And so the rich might get richer here and that's what, that's what concerns me. That the rich, you know, the rich, the, you know, the richest universities that, you know, they have 100,000 people there, you know, that, you know, have, you know, you know, a huge, huge fan base and people will, that will give money for, to help these to, to, to do this. I just don't know when we look back at it 10 years from now, what we'll learn from it. So, and I love football. I hope it all works out. I'm not, I'm not being negative or anything, but there's some things that, you know, you know, got the NIL. I don't even know if there's any rules. There's, there's not, not very, very much. It's funny. Georgia wins the title. Everybody's like, oh, wow, we finally got an underdog to knock somebody off. Like, I don't think they're exactly, it's not exactly a Cinderella story when you talk about Georgia. Okay? <laughs> yeah, well, go ahead. So I was, and health is good. Life is good. You're busy with the GP made, the foundation. We see all the work you're doing there. Everything's good. Yeah, we have we got five. We got four hundred thousand dollars this year. It's our third year, so that's pretty good. And we use it for grants and education and that. And, and that's the, like that's that's so big for me because I was talk, doing talks on leadership and teamwork, you know, you know, until we got hit with the COVID thing. But at the end of the day, I always, you know, this my story is that I I just miss my players t- taking care of them, and so I'm doing something significant again. That's significant, you know. I'm not speaking about leadership somewhere. This is significant helping kids because that's what I did. They were older kids, but you, they came in our program. We had a responsibility, and that's what we did uh, to make them better young men. And then they walked out. When they walked out and got their diploma, uh, they, were, they were different people than when I got them. And that was our job and obviously the win. So um, the foundation has is, is really gone well. We could probably do a series with Gary just on specific games. You know, the Oklahoma upset in 2010 when the Sooners were ranked number one, the win over Kansas, the SEC breakthrough win against Texas A&M. They beat Johnny Manziel. By the way, what I still remember about that game is the A&M media informing us, or not the media, informing the sports information department, informing local media that Johnny Manziel does not do interviews with reporters other than national reporters. I'm like, what's this kid, like 19? Are you kidding me? You tell, you're Texas A&M. You tell him. But they beat... Johnny football on the Henry Josie touchdown run. I love that game. So maybe we'll get Finkel and do a series of just specific game breakdowns, some of the memorable games in Mizzou history. Appreciate Coach being on the show. Appreciate you checking us out. We're at scoopswithdannymack.com. That's the website run by Dan McLaughlin, the Cardinals broadcaster. So much great content on there. 
Bernie Miklas writes daily columns. The popular Bernie bitch, you can check all of that out at Dan's website. We're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, you can always find us. And if you subscribe, that way all the material will be delivered directly to you. We're going to start cranking out some more content. We've got the home computer fixed. This has been a real challenge. I'm not technically inclined, but we've got the experts involved. We've got the equivalent of the Geek Squad to fix it for this geek. So hopefully we're going to be cranking out a lot more segments. Killcoin Conversation is always presented by Triad Bank, Marie de Villa Senior Living, Appliance Discounters, Nordic Mountain, nordicmountain.com. Those are the ski friends we made up in Wisconsin, Wild Rose, Wisconsin. Beautiful spot, really, as it's always snowing. I just love driving in and seeing the snow coming down when you're pulling up at the hill. And, of course, B&G Tuck Point, the best in the bricks. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Hopefully you will check them out when you need a bank, you need an appliance, you need a ski trip, you need some tuck pointing or senior living. We've got you covered here on the Kilcoin Conversation. We'll talk to you again soon.